So, Kendall, welcome to SNF, Style Not Fashion, hosted by me, Talia. We are so happy to have you with us today to answer some questions, tell us what you're all about, and we're thrilled. So if you could just start by telling us a little bit of your background and your career, what you're all about, introduce yourself. Sure, absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to chat with you. Obviously, my favorite topics. So excited to dive in. But a little bit more about me. So my background has been a mix of the editorial and the retail sides of fashion. So during my time in college, I was really on the media side. So interned in PR and different magazines. I was editor in chief of our um, fashion school magazine. So it was really ingrained in media but had always this like element of trend forecasting in it. I've always been really fascinated with trends and it's like relationship to culture. So my first job out of college, I ended up taking a role that was at like a startup magazine. It's called Editorialist. They're like around today, but when I was there, it was a really, really tiny team. Um, but I wanted to take it because it was headed up by two women who came from Al and Bazaar and were just really smart and started their own thing. And I was able to be an assistant fashion editor right out of the gate, took my hands in market. I did bookings for photo shoots. I wrote features on runway. I was helping out with the photo shoots, literally absolutely anything that needed to be done. I like had my hands in. So it was a great learning experience. During that time, they ended up folding. They're up and running again, but their whole, you know, business model was kind of changed. But so funny enough, at the time, they actually stocked accessories and we were building content in order to move in-house product. So that's how I got more of this retail element to traditional editorial. So I was ended up getting recruited by Ross stores. So very different than like luxury editorial. They wanted someone to come in and work in their fashion office, doing trend forecasting for dresses and accessories. And they were looking to bring in more of this like luxury expertise, bringing in that runway eye and how can we evolve, you know, these trends that are happening in the high market and bringing in a little bit more for the everyday consumer. So that was a really cool challenge. And it was my first introduction in, okay, how can I, you know, translate this crazy thing that's happening and make it really wearable and make it really attainable and something that like anybody, no matter if you're in Nebraska or New York could get excited about. So I really loved that um, headspace getting to work in. And you're really seeing it too, when you do fashion office work, it's that like trend forecast casting element looking so far in advance and helping the buyers develop their like shopping list for the season per se, working in product development, and then also doing marketing and figuring out like, okay, we bought a ton of zebra prints. Let's make sure that this is going to be in our ad campaigns. So that was really great. And then I went freelance, wanted to get back into media, get back into luxury. So in fall 2019, right before the pandemic, I went freelance. It was like, Pretty young, wasn't quite expecting to do it like that early, but had such an amazing experience. I did a lot of consulting with independent luxury brands during COVID, helping them figure out how to navigate everything, which is so rewarding to work with a lot of really cool female founders. Then I did trend forecasting. I worked with about five different trend firms. All of them range from like really old school, sifting through hundreds of thousands of runway images, some being really tech driven. So there was just a crazy range. And then the clients were amazing. Like throughout my time, I've consulted with like Macy's, Saks, Urban, like just a really big, Bergdorf Goodman is another one. I'm just a huge range. 
So that was really great. And then on the editorial side, I really focus on trend analysis and then diving more into culture as well. So I'll read some fun, like eat, where to eat, stay, play sort of pieces as well, how it relates back to um, fashion and creativity. But I write for Refinery29, Who What Wear, Covetor, The Zoe Report, Birdie, a lot of really fun titles. So that brings me to like where I am now, which is crazy. <laughs> But I like to keep my hands in both of those different buckets to channels different parts of your brain and keeps it all interesting. No. So how old were you when you started your freelancing? I was 24. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So- I always wanted to do it, but I, it was something I thought I was do it like 30, 35. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, so let's go over some trends because I know that that's your it's your whole thing, right? So I don't yes. know understand how important trend forecasting is just to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so huge. I won't get too into it. Um, maybe I'll explain in like a later SNF episode. Um, but I just did want to bring forecasting into SNF a little bit more. I, I talk about it a little bit. I'm not an expert, but I just love mm-hmm. your um, opinion on what we can expect going into 2023 winter, like kind of a oh. little bit more immediate than maybe what you're working on, but just what we can expect um, coming up in the next couple months. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think trend is so, you know, just to touch on in the industry, it is so important right now. And whether it's in the industry and also to consumers, because there's so much noise around trend lately. And that's kind of my thing. It's where I come in is to really narrow down and be like, okay, there's 10 million and one TikTok videos going on, but these are the like ones that are actually important to you. And like, this is what actually to dive into. So I feel like ethically trend forecasting can kind of get like a bad rep with how it's getting represented on social, but I agree. Yeah. So I love the thought of really acting on like, okay, figuring out there's so many trends going on, but what works for your personal style. And what I love about fashion right now is that there really is a big range. So something I'm loving at the moment, like right around this holiday time that we'll continue to see going into spring, is this really sartorial and like whimsical moment that's happening. So we started to see this with Y2K where there was a lot of like butterflies happening, bright colors, sparkles, all of that. And it's really elevated itself and turned into evening. So I'm loving seeing this show up in like the oversized bows on accessories and dresses. We're seeing a lot of gemstone jewelry, which is really fun. And it has this almost like regal undertone that is just like really, I feel like is great to play with. And of course, we've been seeing feathers for a moment now, but definitely all things within that vein we're going to see continue. And then I'm loving indie sleeves, of course, but I'm loving seeing how it's evolving and feeling a little bit more elevated. So leather was everywhere on the runways and we're continuing seeing this within the bomber jacket. That is so important right now. And there's a lot of different iterations that I think are really cool and fun to play with. I think the leather trench coat is of course another fun one, but seeing different ways that, you know, I think when this initially hit the scene, it was very like, hence on the sleeves. It was a lot of, you know, the mini skirts, super stressed. Yeah. Right. And I think we're seeing it like, I'm trying to think of who it was. Maybe it was Givenchy brought back flannels. And so I think that's cool to just see it like start to evolve and be a little bit more wearable for, you know, if you're going to an office. 
Um, so that's a fun one. And then just the importance of suiting is like really having a moment and having it be just more relaxed. And I feel like the puddle pants, of course, are like a wide leg, you know, really great trouser. It's comfier than you may expect. Like I go for those sometimes over a pair of denim or sweatpants if I want to look a little bit more elevated, but there's a lot happening there. And definitely if you're looking to upgrade what you already have or get something that's similar silhouette, but you want to change the color, pay attention to gray for next year and for pinstripes. I think those are going to be two ones that are going to, you're going to start to see this winter, but it will continue to grow into next fall. So it'll be a buy that's worth it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I think I like to try and take those trends and like find a way to like what you touched on with the office part. I mm -hmm. try a little bit just because like, it's so fun to dress up for the office, like in a corporate way. I missed that during the pandemic. Oh. And so I like to try and bring those trends, however minuscule, just into my outfits, just like a little, just a little like feather here and there, or like what, what you were talking about, like leather. And I am excited for the pinstripes. I have seen that. I personally love okay. A pinstripe. I love too. I'm so excited for that gray is going to be really cool too. Really, really cool. And right? like, uh, no pun intended, but like a cool gray, like a cooler gray, you know? Yeah, it's like a really <laughs> cool gray is amazing. I agree. I'm not normally a gray girl and it's been catching my eye. I'm like, okay, there is definitely a moment happening here. I'm excited for that one. I've been obsessed with those. Um, I like really, I like the real ostrich feathers. Oh, over the fake ones. Um, I don't know if you've seen okay. those sleeper pajamas. Oh my gosh, I love, yes, I have a pair and I absolutely have them. Okay, mm -hmm. are they blue? Are they the blue ones? Or I have the black ones. I went just like blue or just black. I was like, okay, we'll start here, but I love them. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. they're on my list. Hopefully I get them for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that for you. I hope you do too. And those are such a great example too of like, you could throw on those pants and like wear it with a blazer and like a chic turtleneck and heel and like go to the office. Exactly. Exactly. I've actually been seeing that in my office, people wearing more lounge wear type mm -hmm. stuff and pulling it off. So yeah. It's a cool look. I'm very here for it. Okay. So what trends um, are you really loving like right now and what are you hating right now? <laughs> If you have any unpopular opinions with that that you want to bring up. Okay, great one. Um, ones that I'm loving, I'm really, I'm a minimalist at heart. So seeing the resurgence of staples coming back is just like so exciting to me. And what I love about fashion is the evolution of a piece versus like, we don't always have to be reinventing the wheel, right? Like it's better just to really have a great staple that you love. And like, how am I styling it different? Or, you know, it's just a little bit more of a sustainable approach. So that's always why I've been drawn to minimalism, but I love to see what people are doing with just the white staple top. So like Dior and Tibby really brought back like the white button down. And there's been a lot of different ways of like, maybe it's a nipped waist or it's really oversized. It's open, it's closed, it's asymmetrical. So I think that's been really fun to watch to just see designers playing with that. Um, in that same notion, I love, of course, like, you know, a great white tank, like never mad at it, but I do white think it's tank. funny to see, like, I've already been talking with some of my girlfriends who bought, um, the ones with the logos 
and I think it's tough because it does kind of then like defeat the purpose a little bit of like it's supposed to be minimal everlasting but then you're like do I want this logo right in the middle of my chest I don't know so that one's I think up in the air I'm also my personal taste in footwear I always go for a little bit sleeker silhouettes so the big moment of like the bubble clogs isn't quite my personal style but I have seen like a couple of friends of mine who have them and they pull them off in a really cool way, but definitely one that I'm not investing in. I do. Well, I do like the idea of this like hybrid shoe that we're seeing where it almost looks really like tech or utility driven. Yeah. So it may be like a boot almost mixed with like a lit, like a loafer or a sneaker, like kind of cool and a little crazy, yeah. but sometimes it's done really well. So that's what I'm interested to see how people continue to play in the design space with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've seen that totally like, I don't know. I forget what the name of this shoe is, but it's a Nike kind of like padded thing going on. And it has like a, a cover that goes over it and like lacing almost like a backpack, like the front of a yes. backpack. And people, yes. people are, I don't know what it's called, but you know what I'm talking about. But I know exactly the shoe you're talking about, but I also don't remember the name of it. And I see all the, there. it's by Nike. Um, mm-hmm. And all of these people in the TikTok videos, they're trying to take off that cover on top and like kind of wear it like plainly. So we'll see, yeah. we'll see where that train goes, but that trend goes, excuse me, but you're right. Like that, it, it is like more of a utilitarian shoe. Like to me, it looks like a backpack on your foot. It totally does. Like you'll see some in like that puffer fabrication too, or like they're really nylon or whatever it might be. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, next question. So do you have any styling tips just to easily elevate an outfit? My platform here at SNF is all about maximizing your existing wardrobe kind Mm -hmm. of a little bit anti-consumerism a little bit on that side right saying that you don't need all this fancy stuff you don't need all of this clothing all of this clothing to look good and you don't need to go out and buy something you can just be creative with what you have and make it work 100% done so if you have any styling tips on how to just easily elevate your everyday style, we'll, we'll take them. <laughs> Love it. Yes. I am so with you on that ethos. And like I mentioned before, that's kind of where I really struggle with trend because it's like, let's find the best of the best. Don't overconsume. Yes. Um, so exactly. Playing with what you have in your wardrobe is so amazing. My go-to for elevating honestly, like a monochromatic look, you can never go wrong. I feel like there is just something chic about like a woman in just like all winter white or even all black, like whatever that might be. I think that's always such a really easy one instead of trying to play with too many color, of course, or it could even be a whole hot pink look. Like why not? But I love the monochromatic styling cue. I think jewelry is so important and really underrated. Um, I think developing kind of a if you have go-to pieces that you always wear, I think that's really nice. And it kind of develops a bit of a signature that feels elevated and playing with layering and all of that. But I think that's a ton of fun. And then not being afraid to add a heel. I know that it's like kind of tough nowadays since we've strayed so far away, but I love in the market, there's a lot of really attainable heels coming back at just like a nice height of like 
be two inches or just a really great pointed toe. It really makes all the difference and just like makes if you're having like a wide leg pant, it ha- it makes it lay so nicely. You just can never be mad at it. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like popping heels on in unexpected places. It's really great. And the monochrome, I've realized this with my loungewear lately. I've mentioned this in an, a previous episode, but mm-hmm. just loungewear looks so different when you do it in a monochrome way. And I never realized that until someone told me <laughs> lately and it's completely changed like my everyday look. I agree. There is something, even if you're wearing like joggers and a sweatshirt, but if they match and it's a monochrome, it, something about it feels like way more luxe than if it was like a black pant and like a beige top. Right. I was in a previous yeah. episode talking about this and I was like, oh my God, I wish I could explain this, but I really can't. I can't, I can't no. explain to the audience how it works it just does and you gotta just trust me you gotta it's so it's so true I also don't know what the mind game we're playing with ourselves on it but like fully fully support yeah I don't know okay so kind of along that path I get a lot of questions here on SNF about doing bougie on a budget Mm -hmm. luxury for less I've covered thrifting a lot here in Boston we have a great thrifting scene actually I found I I don't I know New York is the place for that but I wouldn't discount Boston on this like I found Spain I've found Hermes I I found stuff on my own without I feel like Boston's probably better because I will say ever since TikTok our thrifting scene in New York has gotten pretty rough like it's very picked over or it's overly curated and really expensive so I bet Boston is like the sweet spot I would say I think maybe the difference is that a lot of people here just when they want to get rid of something they just want to get rid of it and sometimes to be perfectly honest they don't know what they have they don't know what they have like here I talk about this in a previous episode as well but like we have like kind of a, a conformist like a little bit more of a conformist society here. Like people don't really like to stand out as much. I mean, obviously compared to New York City, but I just sometimes feel like people just genuinely don't know what they have seriously. Like you walk into the Goodwill and there's like Theory and Celine. I'm like, who is, who is even wearing this? I can't even see. But anyways, that's another, that's a tangent. Um, So yeah, looks for less. If you have any tips on especially like investing in staples for less or just on a budget. Yeah, hundred percent. I think thrifting is so important. Of course, like it's great sustainably, but it is tough. Like you have to be able to invest in, um, you know, your time into it also. So the way I break it down is I have certain categories that I like to thrift and certain ones that I like to buy new and feel comfortable investing in. And I think a lot of that does come with like learning your personal style. And it really is an evolution that takes time. But thrifting wise, I go for accessories. So I do shoes and handbags and then outerwear, which could be literal coats or blazers. Those are the things that I have the most luck with. Sizing wise, you can kind of get away with like, if it's not quite your size, it works out. And I found the most amazing things and kind of to your point about Boston, go to the unlikely neighborhoods. Like I only thrift in Upper East and Upper West in New York City. It's like kind of those like older women, maybe it's the grandmas that like don't know about the real, real. And so they're just wanting to donate stuff. 
just get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you'll find just like, oh my God, I have beautiful like Armani suits and just Oscar de la Renta blazers that I got for like under $50. So insane. So those I think are really great. And then knowing where you feel comfortable within your wardrobe to buy new and not mind investing in. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're like, okay, this fit of denim really looks great on my body, feels, makes me feel good. And it's not overly trend driven. Go ahead and buy that and, you know, spend that extra 100, 200 that you would have spent over your regular budget and like go for it. Or knowing like, you know, I feel really good about white button downs. Like, let me buy something that's, you know, in a bit of a higher price range. And it doesn't mean that that's necessarily better, but I think it's finding that sweet spot again of like, this is a step above Zara, but I'm not breaking the bank. This isn't like a Prada button down, but there's so many great brands within the middle who do produce um, really amazing quality garments at a price that feels a little bit more attainable, like spending 200 on a top 300 on a top I mean of course I I don't go out and do that all the time but maybe it's like one or two of that season that I know like okay this black turtleneck is going to stick with me for a really long time I'll go a little higher but I think it's all about balance and evening it out because I you know as much as Zara is tough I also pay New York rent so (laughs) sometimes with the more fun pieces we'll go do that. So I think it's all really knowing how to balance it to then create this like holistic lens that feels as sustainable as your budget will allow you to be. I like that that answer so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Do you have any tips on specifically where I talk about eBay a lot, actually for me? Yeah. Also, I find the Goodwill and Salvation Army works for me over consignment stores the real yeah. world Poshmark where's your go-to are you um an estate sale girl at all I have been dying to get into it I spent some time in LA and I never I always said I would and that's I the place for it that's the place yeah 100%. but I like to honestly go like the less flashy the thrift store the better so whether that be good goodwill salvation army I found most of my stuff in like stores like that um like I had, I went to college in Ohio. There was this place, God, I wish I remember what it was called, but it was like 15 minutes outside of Kent. And I found the best things there. We would walk out with garbage bags full of like designer stuff. It was insane. Um, So I think I have a really good luck with like those places. Mm-hmm. And then more of the boutique-y looking ones, but are understated. So not the overly curated ones that are really like look overly trendy and this and that, but like the ones in Upper East, for example, they like look nice. And it's like, you can tell it's just a singularly owned shop that like one person's running or it's owned by like a church or something like that. But it's like- The churches, the churches. Yeah, they do, yeah. do good stuff. Yeah. Those yeah. are the best it's to look at. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll of course, I, like sp- I spent some time in the Bloomingdale's fashion office, but I will say Bloomingdale's, does a really fabulous job with private label and bringing in brands that are in this like contemporary space that aren't overly break your bank, but that like contemporary is a tough market um, for a multitude of reasons. But I really highly recommend that. I feel like we would do a really good job of trying to play within, um, 
you know, finding pieces that were from like 100 to 300 out of the kind of mass nat- nationwide stores. I think there's some really good stuff in there. Okay. Thanks yeah. so much. So last question is kind of in your area of expertise, um, <laughs> TikTok. You are huge yes. on TikTok. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, if you don't know SNF people, she has over 30,000 followers on TikTok awaiting her her advice on, on trend forecasting. And um, it's amazing. So you must know about the that girl trend. Oh my gosh, yes. So to end this off, like, what does that girl mean? Mm. How can we translate that into a style, like a, a style perspective? What does it mean to you, Kendall? I love that question. And I think the biggest thing for me about this, that girl aesthetic that like really went so viral this year is knowing what that girl like means to you. And I think the underlying tone of it is really feeling empowered and embracing your unique self. So when it comes to style, I think figuring out what that means of like, how do you want to show up every day? So this is actually a funny example of earlier this year, I went through a breakup and, you know, it's kind of figuring out like, okay, how do I want to show up? I was going through job changes, a lot of changes all at once. And I really sat with myself and I was like, what do I want to feel like every day? And I picked like three adjectives. I wish I remembered what they all were right now, but it was like chic, powerful, and like embracing your like feminine. I feel like we're something along those lines. And so I went through my closet and got rid of any sing- any item that didn't make me feel like that when I put it on. Mm-hmm. And so that might be the you know, your pants don't fit exactly right. And I went and got a bunch of stuff tailored. And then all of a sudden that like black pair of pants that, you know, didn't fit right, quite right was amazing and was like my favorite thing. So I really went through my own wardrobe and revamped things that way. And then again, when I started then shopping again, having that mindset of like, okay, is this making me feel like my best, truest self? And I think dressing gets a lot easier with, with that and helps you develop this like capsule wardrobe, signature style, and there are certain items I just go back to again and again. And I have such a more edited wardrobe now than I do before. And it makes me feel like that girl every time I get dressed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just put out an episode um, this past Wednesday about, you know, asking yourself, does this support the life I'm trying to create? And that's exactly what you just said. Like, hold an item in your hands and ask yourself, like, is this where I want to go? Is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And if it's not, put it in the ugly pile, put it in the resale pile, whatever. Get rid of it because it's not supporting you. Yes, 100%. I have so many items in my closet that were like incredibly fun or maybe it was like an impulse buy or it was a trend I really wanted to try and then like it was like, actually, never mind. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is so like freeing to be like wait okay no this is not me this is not going where I'm going and be able to just really like nail it exactly so thank you so much for being on SNF this morning I'm so so happy I got to talk to you yes thank you so much for having me it's a fabulous conversation I love love your take on style and trends it's amazing to hear So if you guys haven't followed Kendall yet, please go and follow her. She, her, all of her socials, everything, her website, freelancing will all be linked in the episode notes, the show notes. 
and um, just thank you all so much for listening this morning along with Kendall. And um, yeah, we'll see you in the next one.